0: On to the science fiction story number one freedom or death, written by Sam G789. A good deal of meaning is lost in translation, and humanity's absurd amount of synonyms made them no exception. To the despair of xenolinguists around the galaxy, there was many human concepts that simply could not be explained or reasoned through translators. Many simply couldn't fathom why a human seemingly redundant speech could inspire other humans to knowingly sacrifice their lives for an idea or a principle. Words held such influence with humans, and yet the language seemed to utter nonsense. The pen held more influence over humanity than the sword. The Kua were a slave nation, a society held up by those who would never reap the fruits of their efforts. Those who could afford it took a long route around the koor territory lest they be sold as a product to the koor's most lucrative industry humanity a relatively new player in the galactic stage seemed to be the perfect slave strong physically but with no apparent natural weapons and so the march on Sol 3 began. The ships were manned. The admirals were confident, and the slave armies were packed into the landing pods like sardines. Words could not save the humans. Now, the Core Fleet soon arrived at the doorstep of humanity. The human fleet was there to meet them. The Core Admiral spoke over the video comms: Humans. Your species will be brought to the core homeworld to work for the grand collective. Your species is a nation will be dissolved, but you will survive. The human admiral stood tall as if to face the much larger Core counterpart. If he was intimidated in the slightest, he didn't show it. I would burn the earth to the ground myself for I saw it under your control. The retort confuses the Coeur Admiral. Most species begged and pleaded, with the more aggressive going out of the way to last furious tirade before the inevitable defeat. But never before did an enemy vow to destroy their planet before it was swelled into the hands of the Coeur. Humans, you have no other option, submission or death. The human Admiral wasted no time in his response. I choose death. The core admiral's silence prompted the human to continue. Freedom or death, core. If we raise our hands to greet the shackles, our species may continue its survival. But we wouldn't really be living. Core translators detected survival and living as essentially the same thing. You speak of the two of the same human. Perhaps your species is less intelligent than previously thought. No. ''That's where you're wrong, Coor. I'd rather see my species go out in a blaze of glory than peak of existence than watch it suffer eternally.'' The Coor Admiral fumed. ''You choose death, human. So be it. First your feet will perish, then your species.'' The Admiral simply switched off the comms, spoke his command, and watched the first volley of hal-fire travel towards his feet. Soon enough, he would return it threefold.'' End of story Story number two Humans Weaponized Math Written by Toramasa. My packmates walked into a drinking establishment And felt our confidence strain out As we realized it was a human bar The war with the humans had been over ten quarters now Tensions had lessened in that time But not completely eliminated We had started the war after all Our initial contacts with them showed that they were weak and would be easy prey. They were physically small, weak, and not at all a competition with us in any way. A raid against one of their outer colonies resulted in captives who were subjected to a whole battery of tests. Humans were small, weak, even for their size, not particularly smart or technologically advanced. They lacked even the basic defenses and it turned out that the only thing that they excelled at was math. Humans are able to make calculations in their head at rates that which were comparable to most low-end computers. How dangerous could math be? They used mass weapons, civilized worlds used laser weapons with no drag, no issues with spin, gravity or other factors. Since lasers traveled at the speed of light, ranges at which targets could be struck without computational predictive algorithmic aids was significantly longer. Reflective armors had become the standard body defense across the galaxy. That they provided no appreciable kinetic defense was judged irrelevant, given that they would be engaging the humans at ranges far beyond what they could hit with their pitiful weapons in space we were initially superior our ships were technically more advanced than one initial skirmishes but the adaptability of humans was impressive the real horror came when the ground combat was engaged i remember my birth back and i were a thousand meters from the human lines and we believed that we were practically untouchable there were no reports of heavy weaponry or other long-range weapons to be concerned about The shakla's head exploded. I remember being stunned at the suddenness and how it happened without the sound. Then there was a report of a human gun. We were all incredulous. Of the twelve of us, we sat out in our first combat mission. Eight managed to get to cover and call air support. Most of the engagements with the humans went this way. In traditional conflicts, laser weapons were most effective at ranges of about 500 meters, meaning that we could detect our opponents and they us. Humans fought from ambush, battles were always one-sided. If we caught the humans unaware or able to close without being detected, they died to their last. The fighting in space quickly came to a dead heat. Human ingenuity and willingness to fight in space that made traditional targeting difficult or impossible became common. Humans developed weapons entirely designed around confusing and disru- disrupting laser designation and targeting systems. Likewise, on the ground, humans began to deploy smoke, which made our laser weapons nearly useless, and, more frighteningly, a grenade they called a flashbang. Because of their weak senses, these devices merely stunned them. Our significantly more developed senses were much more harshly impacted. There are many veterans who are blind and deaf because of those devices. I was fortunate enough to have been shielded by the one that was set off and rendered me unconscious. On the surface, things were not even close. We were so slow to develop ballistic armors. Despite our advanced weaponry, we could only take up or hold a piece of land that we were willing to expend prodigious amounts of lives and accomplish such a task. Humans were able to track, shoot, and hit targets at ranges far beyond what we could with even our laser weapons. It was also not uncommon for us to have our own weapons turned against us, which made things even more precarious. The ability of a human sniper to hit targets with what was for them advanced targeting arrays was insane. You might imagine that our more advanced armored vehicles would provide respite, they did not. Humans had something that we had never considered. Indirect fire. Their ability to arc shells from cover the horizon and onto our positions was something that we were unprepared for. Anti-missile systems were highly effective at detecting launches, but they could do nothing to stop the inert solid chunk of metal from its directed course. The war was over, and everyone was glad for that. We would not show disrespect or fear by walking out of the human establishment. Humans were generous to us, and while they remain tensions, the hope of lasting peace is starting to seem realistic. My pack and I took an empty table and ordered food and drink from the cerulean who was waiting tables. We watched with interest as a group of humans played a game of some sort. It appeared to involve fine motor control, striking a small white ball with the goal of putting other colored balls in holes at the corner of the center of the table. The humans invited us over, challenging us to a friendly game. I smiled at my packmates. Apparently, the humans had already forgotten that our fine muscle control was far superior to theirs. End of story. Story number 3 A Very Bad Idea Written by Tamwin 5 Walklash let her brain case repeatedly hit the desk in front of her She had done it before The human gesture being the only way to communicate the incredible stupidity that she had just heard The fact that the gesture had been instinctive meant that she spent too much time with the humans "'No, no, 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 no. And, oh, in case you were wondering, no!' Jim, across from her, shrugged. "'It's not that bad of an idea. "'You are trying to vassalize a devouring swarm, unending hunger, "'one mind united in purpose, scours life clean off planets, "'killed half of the stellar Cluster. "'Did you suddenly forget what we spent the last twenty years doing? "'I, um, talked to some eggheads behind the idea. "'It'll be fine!' Trust me, Jim made another dismissive gesture. The last time I heard a human say that it'll be fine, we were hot-dropping onto a hive nexus. So no, I will not be trusting you or your much smarter friends. But um we did get out of that one just fine. Hop in, bang, 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 plant charges and run like hell. Jim helpfully made a finger guns to illustrate his performance. Worked like a charm. I... Technically escaped with all my limbs Wuklesh crossed her three remaining graspers in front of her and another human gesture Jim frowned as if noticing the missing limb for the first time Well, you guys can grow them back anyways No, we can't, we aren't glooping starfish Jim nodded sagely It's the eyes that give you away Wuklash uncrossed her graspers and for not at all like starfish body. In any case, this is the worst idea any human has come up with ever. Even the Holland Protocol. Wuklisch paused. Okay, the second worst idea. But even you didn't actually enact the Holland Protocol. And you are planning on enacting this one though. ''You need to brush up on human history,'' Jim said. ''Humans are experts in domestication. Take, for example, our ancient nemesis. Yes, yes, the wolf used to be a predator, and now it rolls around chasing its own tail. I've heard it a thousand tar glooping times, but even despite how different a simpler predator and several planet hive mind is, you aren't trying to make it a pet. You aren't even keeping a sample alive as some sort of military secret weapon.'' You're trying to vassalize it, giving it glooping sovereignty. Jim made another of his dismissive hand waves, Sovereignty is just semantics Means all the existing treaties about trade, tradition and migration apply And we only need to draft up a couple new clauses to compensate for migration Why would you uh, Of course you would Leave it to the glooping humans to turn a hive planet into a vacation destination Why stay safe at home When you could go to a place where literally everything tries to eat you the ground and air don't try to eat you. Jim shot back. Oh, wait, the air does because of the spores, and some of the ground does too. A place where literally everything except for some patches of the ground tries to eat you. Better, mm hmm. Tents have to be pitched somewhere. I never thought I'd be telling humans to be using nukes. Normally, it's a no, don't nuke this place. Stop nuking that. But the moment we actually find something that should be purged with fire down the bedrock. You guys try and make it a glooping subject. It's a three on the Nolok scale. Only thing we've found above it is the heat death of the universe at one. Humans are a seven. That can't be that bad. You do this, humans will be a six. I always thought that we were misrated. End of story.